think we're supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. Go, Spurs, go. Go, Spurs, go. Wherever you are in the world, Spurs Nation, what is going on? My international, international amigos of Spurs Nation. I hope you're doing good. It's been a great free agency, in my opinion. We're going to go and we're going to break down the whole thing. Right. Let me go ahead and show you what's going to happen here. We're going to go ahead and look at our, our little presentation here. We're going to talk about the whole depth chart, point guard, shooting guard, all the way down. And I think there's kind of too many guys on our roster. We're going to talk about that too right now. So first off, though, I just hope, you know, you're doing wonderful, man. I, it's It's been a little while since I've been on here. I think about a week now. Uh, had to had to move Monday's show. So those of you guys that are still waiting for that film breakdown of Joshua Primo and Joe Wieskamp, I think I'm saying that right. Don't worry, it's still coming. I'm trying to squeeze it in this week. Had to move some things around. First off, though, thank you guys for showing up. If you want to support this show, go ahead and hit that like button. Hit that notification bell. Leave a comment. Share this video. You're you're supporting the show right now. You're watching the show. If you want to go above and beyond, go ahead and check the Patreon link in the description below. Really appreciate you guys for hanging out. Shout out to the chat room. Hope you guys are doing good. Ghost first go. So let's go ahead and get on with the show. Lift off. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, Spurs Nation, if you've been watching my show a few weeks ago, actually it was about a month ago, a month ago, I think tomorrow, I gave out my full, are the Spurs rebuilding right now in plain sight video. Go look back at that video. And I'm just very proud of that content, that piece of content, because it's kind of what's going on, what's going down right now with Spurs Nation. Um, You know what? My whole thing going into this offseason has been, let's improve. Let's improve the team that we have now, the young guys. I think that the old guys are going to be off the books. They're not going to be returning. DeMar DeRozan, we kind of knew, wasn't coming back. So the Spurs thing to do was to give opportunity where opportunity is due, right? And I felt like the young guys were ready for that. So my whole mindset free agency was don't go chase after, you know, one of the big name guys, which we kind of did, right? I think we were in the mix with John Collins and Laurie Markkinen um, in these discussions during free agency, but... Ultimately, what we ended up doing was surrounding these guys that we have, these young core that we've drafted, we've surrounded them with complementary pieces. And that was my big thing. It's like, hey, man, let's go out and let's pay some dudes and let's get a bunch of depth in here um, to help this team in the areas that they need help in to make us successful. Like if that's going to be our way to be successful, that's how we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to tank. I don't think that this off season of this lack of getting John Collins or Laurie Markkinen, um is 
a sign that means that we're going to tank. I just don't think that that's, that's what the the scenario is right now. So um, I think that the Spurs are going into next season, trying to win as many games with this young core and helping this young core take another step forward in their status in the expectation of um, uh, play on both sides of the floor with the opportunity that they're going to get. Um, I think these young dudes are, they need to, you know, step up to the plate and come through. And so I think what we did this offseason was just try to make this team that we have, that we've drafted the best that it can be, right? So what we're going to do on this episode is we're going to talk about the starters. We're going to talk about who our bench, who is on our bench. Uh, we're going to talk about our rookies a little bit. Um, and we're going to be mixing, you know, these guys around, just messing around with different lineups. So we're going to go over our depth chart. Now, first thing that we should talk about Spurs Nation is our rookies. Let's go in order, right? So the draft was first. So um, they had two games over the past two days. Um, Joshua Primo made his debut tonight against the um, was it the the Warriors. Who, who were we playing tonight? Uh, Memphis? No, Utah. Utah. One of Utah's team. They have two teams at the Utah Summer League, right? So the the rookies are playing right now. They're getting reps. Um, Joshua Primo and uh, Joe Weiskamp are showing one thing, and I'm I, I'm going to make this short. I don't want to go into a long a long um, discussion about these two guys. Cause that's what I'm going to do in the film room breakdown that I'll be doing. Um, but I think they're showing one thing right now and that's that they still need a lot of work. And I don't think it's fair to expect these two guys to come in day one and be ready to play at the NBA level, even though they're both great shooters. I think we're both, I think we're seeing them both adjust to the pace, the athleticism, the defense of the NBA, uh, with their shots, which is probably the thing that they want to try to bring to the team as soon as possible is their outside shooting. They're adjusting with that right now. It's just a couple summer league games, nothing to get too hyped up or or hyped down about, really. Devin Vassell had a great night tonight, so shout out to Devin Vassell uh, for holding it down for the San Antonio Spurs in Utah. But first off, I think these two guys are going to be in Austin. Now, if you also follow my channel you and you know what I've been talking about since last year with with the uh, with Austin, I love Austin development, the Austin Spurs, the whole thing is top class. It's revolutionary. It, we we were one of the first to really use the G League. I know Houston was too to actually like um develop for, you know, to de- actually develop guys and bring them up to our main club. Um so I love Austin. That being said, you know, well, you know, I know that it's done wonders for us, right? Derek White, um, DeJounte Murray, um, anyone that goes down there comes back better, more prepared, more equipped to play in the NBA. Um, all that being said, I didn't think Keldon needed it, right? And, um, you know, that's something that I was kind of harping on. I was like, we need Keldon more than Keldon needs the G League. And this was last season, the beginning of the season from the get-go, pretty much since the summer. <laughs> I was saying that we need Keldon on our roster, right? Um, I think that kind of ended up to be to be true. Now, I can be objective about it all, right? It's it's all objective. Like Joshua Primo, I think does need a year in Austin, but let me tell you why. I think he can play, bro. I think I think Joshua Primo. Just a little preview on on the film room episode. I think he has some type of confidence and swagger to him at 18 that you just that I think that's hard to find. I think. You know, yeah, there's a lot of other players that can shoot the ball and whatever, but dude, to be 18 and and be doing what he's doing with the poise and and maturity that he has 
is special. I think that's probably one of the more special qualities about him. So what what I want to see is Joshua Primo go up and down the season, just depending on you know roster needs if we needs a body or not. But I think in Austin we need to work on his development of his his uh one of his more obvious weaknesses or improvement areas, which is ball handling, decision making, running the point guard. I think the Spurs want to improve his decision making with the ball in his hands and all that type of stuff. So I think he needs a year of Austin to do that. But I think he can come in year one and shoot the ball just as well as anyone else. If he just focuses on spreading the floor, I think he would do all right. All right. So anyways, I think these two guys are going to be in Austin. Joe Weisskamp is showing that he needs a little bit of work too right now. All right. So let's talk about who's new now, right? Free agency happened right after, um, right after the NBA draft, right? The week, the week after, uh, guys, shout out to you guys in the, in the chat room. I really appreciate you guys, uh, stopping by. If you're watching right now, smash that like button, chant, go Spurs, go when you do it. It sends good luck waves to Spurs nation all around the world. So thank you for smashing that like button. Subscribe to the channel. If you haven't done that yet as well, join the Patreon. The link is in the description below. Um, all right, guys. So let's talk about who's new. If you go back to that whole rebuilding in plain sight, um, I was like, we got to address three areas, shooting, size, and and veteran leadership. And uh, Doug McDermott was on the top of my board uh, in guys that I would like to bring in. I, I had other guys, too, like Duncan Robinson, who got that bag from Miami. Um, guys like Joe Harris, um, you know, just shooters, like just, just pure lockdown floor spacers. And I am so glad that we got this guy right here, Doug McDermott. Um if you saw that playing game against Indiana, I think you saw like what the upside of Doug McDermott is. He can hit like six threes and a half. He can lead you in scoring if you need him to. Just if you go to him, like Indiana was going to him because he was hot, right? And he was just letting it rip, right? So he's tall. He's an athletic small forward who can space the floor, right? So I'm, I was super excited when we signed Josh McDermott. It's on a great deal. He's getting paid just as much as everyone else. I don't think we have a guy right now on our roster that's making over 19 or $20 million a year at this point. I could be wrong. You, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that all these, the, the money is spread evenly across the roster and Doug McDermott's deal. I I'm not mad at it at all. Um, so he was the first guy that we brought in and I was just, I was, I was so hype because, you know, I talked about it on that other episode, how I think this team, this young core still needs snipers. Like, I think a lot of them are to the basket type um, guards, those two, two-way players, but they're all head to the rim first. Derek White, DeJounte, Keldon, um, Lonnie even. Um, Devin Vassell showing that he's trying to operate his jump shot in the mid-range and, and in, at the three-point line. So Devin Vassell's a little bit different, but... We need guys who are just going to catch it and shoot it. And the fact that we drafted the two guys that we drafted was kind of addressing that need too, right? That we need guys that are just going to catch and shoot the ball. So, um, you know, Doug McDermott is what Joe Weisskamp can be in like four years, right? I don't think Joe Weisskamp can come in and do what Doug does, right? What Dougie McBuckets does, baby. So um, he looks good in that number 20, but that one's in the rafters. So he's going to have to change it up. Um, I, I love the I love the idea of plugging him around guys like Keldon, Derek, Dejounte. You know those putting him next to those guys are just going to help them thrive. And that that was the whole idea. How do we get this team better? How do we get the the guys that we already have better? How do we surround them with complementary pieces? The next guy that we went out to get 
was big man Zach Collins from Portland, who was also on my board from a month ago, right? So um, I'm just stoked that I was kind of in line with what was going on here with the Spurs. Um, Zach Collins was has been dealing with a lot of injury, right? A lot of foot injury. Um, he's missed a lot of games, but we all know that his upside is there. And if there's anyone that can plug, you know, Zach Collins back into the game, I think it's the Spurs, right? Not only with our medical staff, but he is a Gonzaga type big and well, he is from Gonzaga, right? But the bigs from Gonzaga fit. I feel like what the Spurs will do offensively and how we like to draft bigs that can pass the ball very well, who can shoot the ball very well, are just smart decision makers. And Zach Collins does all those things, right? I'm surprised that we haven't drafted um, a Gonzaga big in the past three, four years, so, you know, but um not that there's been like any great one out there, but you know, in the second round or things like that, but Zach Collins has lottery potential. He's got the ability to stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. Um, and I just love the fact that, you know, this dude can come in also day one. And if he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, can really uh, move the needle on how deep the Spurs are guys. Zach Collins can do that. You know, Zach Collins definitely can do that. All right. So who else is new? Let's see. All right, so those were our two main acquisitions right off the gate, right? And I was just super stoked about both of them. Both of them are on my board. Um, I think that they make this team better. Then DeMar DeRozan departed, right? So then we finally got the DeMar DeRozan news, and DeMar got shipped off to Chicago in a sign-in trade that brought two second-round picks to the Spurs. One, I believe, protected first-round pick in 2025. Um, I was hearing the at the line uh, show. If, if you guys want like, dude, like, let me tell you guys that the guys that at the line, go follow at the line on YouTube. If you don't do that already, uh, Ty Yeager, Nick, um, uh, Mac and, um, and Noah, those guys have, and, and there's like Joe, there's a thing. There's a guy named Joey on there too. Just some cool dudes over there at, at the line. And they've been going on live a lot. So go, go check out their channel. Um, but I think they were saying that we have maybe four picks, four picks in 2025. So I don't know how that works out. I'm, we're going to learn more about that as it develops. Um, but then we ended up getting two players back, and none of them were Larry Markkinen. <laughs> so sorry, Spurs Nation. Um, report was uh, Markkinen wanted more money than the Spurs were willing to give. All right, So he's still out there trying to get, I think, that big bag. Um, he wasn't going to get it from San Antonio. And I think that's a great um, move. Because I wasn't really high on Laurie. Honestly, I wasn't really high on John Call- John Collins either. But I was like, if that's gonna what's going to make Spurs Nation happy, you know, I'll consider it. But I like the idea of getting Thaddeus Young and Alfaruka Minu. Now, if they both stay on this roster, I know there's a lot of speculation on if they are going to stay on this roster. And a lot of people don't want them to. They, they want us to trade them off to get another future first or, or a future pick or something like that with these two dudes. And let me tell you, I don't want that. I think... We need long, power forward, versatile wings that can guard the three, four, and maybe even the five in a small ball lineup. Thaddeus Young can still ball, baby. He's been in the league for like 12 years or third, shoot, 14 years, 2007, I think. Him or 2000, I think 2007. So, anyways, Thaddeus Young is still balling, averaging like 12 points a game. Um, he's he can still play. And I think he's going to maybe even start for us next season. I know that's crazy. We're going to talk about starting lineups in a, in a second. But I think Thaddeus Young has start potential 
for the Spurs next season. Um, and then right next to him, we have Al Farouk Aminu. Bro, Al Farouk Aminu, when healthy and motivated, I feel like is like when he's on, he's on. He's a great long, another uh, kind of like small ball power forward. Um, also been in the league for a while. I think both of these guys are only about 30, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, 30, 32 years old. So it's not like they're old, like really old. They've just been in the league for, for a while. But you know what? That's another thing that, you know, we wanted to address in my other episode. I was talking about the veteran leadership hole that this first team is going to lack if we let go of Patty, right? And I was like, no, please, no. And shout out to Patty Mills. Um, I hope he loses tonight by 20 points against the United States. Sorry, Australia. I love you guys. I love, and we're going to talk about uh, Jock as well, who plays on that team. Another new spur. But um, shout out to Patty Mills. Hope he has a great game, but I hope they lose by about 20 or 30 it's, I, I, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because we all know Australia is, is, is legit in the, in this Olympic game, in this Olympic tournament. So um, big game going on. And I think that's going to happen about two hours from now if you're watching. Um, so um, high stakes Olympic basketball going down tonight for USA and Australia. But anyways, um, we were going to need veteran leadership once these guys leave, right? DeJounte, I think, is going to take a lot of that. Derek's going to take a lot of that leadership um role i think keldon is now ready to take more of that i think now he has status to his name so he can lead more also not just by example but just by who he is now he's he's, he's recognized on, a, on this olympic roster um but i think that these two guys bring leadership as well to the table they've been professionals in their career um so if they can still play and they can still hoop which i know thad can i know alfaruk aminu a year or two ago wasn't too bad i know i think he's been dealing with injury i know he missed a lot of games this year um, but if we can get both of these guys on the wing, think think about a think about a lineup like this. If you're with me, I don't know. Uh, Dejounte at the point, uh, Derek at the two. Uh, these two guys at your three and four, and Jakob at the five, right? So like, imagine how big that lineup can be. You know what I'm saying? Like like having two versatile wing defenders like this that are just so versatile and what they can do on both sides of the floor uh just makes your lineups you know like more creative you can do a lot with these two guys so i really hope that we don't get rid of any of these two players all right so they came over in the demar Derozan deal so these guys are news to san antonio hopefully they stay they're both on expiring deals which is another smart thing that brian wright has done brian wright has not missed brian wright has not missed in about three years spurs nation now the whole thing with the team that came before this year, that's still ripple effects from the Kawhi Leonard situation. So it's hard to blame that on Brian Wright. You can't blame that on Brian Wright. I think he still tried to do what he could with what the plan was, right? They had to adjust. But in these past two or three years, setting up for this moment, I think I think um, Brian Wright has done great. Last year's two, two years ago, our, our top two uh, first-round draft picks, Keldon Luca are going to have big expectations, I think, this year. So it's like, you know what? We're we're doing all right. Brian Wright's doing all right. So I like the deal. I hope that that um, first-round pick doesn't slip away from us in any way with that protection. I think that's on it. Hopefully it's only like maybe top four protected, you know, or something like that where Chicago is a good team, ends up being a good team, and, and we can steal another t- late first-round pick like we did with Keldon. I'm all right with that. Um, so – Super hyped about that. All right, so then who came next? Jock Landil. I think I think that's how you pronounce his name. 
I didn't know much about this guy, um, but as soon as we got him, I looked up a lot of footage on him, just like I'm sure most of you guys did, and saw that he is for real, right? Jock, J-O-C-K, Landl, if I'm not mis I'm not mistaken on that one. Um, man, dude, th this kid is is a is a real modern day stretch five. He can play the four or he can play the five. He can shoot the ball. He's a playmaker. He plays for Australia's national team. So, you know, he's he's for real. Right. So he's for real. So, all right. So let's um, th th what we are going to get out of him still remains to be seen. I don't really know much about the contract details, um, but I do like the potential of him on the team. And we didn't get Laurie out there, but this guy is 25 years old um, and has a high IQ. I saw some video on uh, YouTube with like a podcast video with him out there um i think i tweeted it out follow me on twitter at spurs film room if you don't follow me on twitter i tweeted out a video on this guy um and he just seems to have a high iq for the type of basketball that we want to play in san antonio so i think the fit there is actually pretty pretty spot on so i'd like to see what he can do uh this year all right so then today there was some news there so that's that's what i thought all that's all that i thought had happened when i went to bed right so when I woke up, something had happened. Sparty is back in the house. I did not see this coming. I mean, guys, let me know in the chat how you feel about Bryn Forbes coming back to the Spurs. Man, wow. I, I did not see this coming. I think that, um, you know, I think every single person in Spurs Nation loves Bryn Forbes. Like, as a player, as a person, his story, um, what how he kind of embodies the the Spurs culture and opportunistic culture through the Spurs. You know, you can, we can get an undrafted player and he can become a starter in the NBA. That's what, you know, Bryn Forbes' story was with the Spurs. Now, again, that being said, everyone, I think, also can agree that we all felt he was misused in his last year with the Spurs. I think we all felt like he would be more successful in a similar role that he was just successful in with Milwaukee. He helped Milwaukee win a championship um, in a similar role that we felt, you know, he can do for us, be that bench guy, um, that, that three point sniper off the bench. You know, he might not play a lot all the time, but when he does play, it's needed and he's special and he needs to come in and do what he does. Right. And just like have big moments for us here and there, you know, hitting big shots. And I feel like, you know, Brent Forbes doing what he did this year with Milwaukee was special, man. And shout out to Brent Forbes. Um, I did not see him coming back to San Antonio. That's that's for sure. But let me tell you what. There's, I, I feel a little bit mixed about it. You know, because there's, there's, there's two ways that I can look at it. One, I'm going to go the pessimistic side first. Is he going to come in and is it going to be a repeat of what happened before? Are we going to give him 23 minutes a game? And is he going to start over a lot of other players that, or get minutes over other players that maybe sh should get them if we were trying to win more basketball games, right? It's nothing against Brent Forbes. It's just, we want to win more basketball games. That's it. That's all. That's all that it is. Okay. So that's the only worry that I have, right? I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that he comes in and I hope that, you know, what I'm about to say right now is what I hope does happen. That he comes in to be a another staple of San Antonio culture in this organization for the next foreseeable future. 
Um, I think, you know, he's on a one-year deal, I think, right now. So I don't think we're willing to kind of make that type of financial commitment to Bryn Forbes. But I think he's making maybe six a year. I think that's what I what I heard, which isn't bad. Six a year. We paid Davis seven a year, right, for like three or four years. And we all know Davis's story, Davis Berton's story with Spurs. Um, great shooter. Couldn't D up at all. Um, so... This is my positive, optimistic side to all this. Thank you guys for hanging out. Smash that like button. Chant Ghostbusters Go if you're hanging with me right now. Um, let me know in the chat if you agree or disagree with everything I'm saying. All right? Because um, I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a coach, kinesiology major, five years at the high school, coaching uh, assistant varsity, right? Stuff like that. So um, what do I know, right? <laughs> no, but what I, does, what, what I do hope happens with Bryn Forbes, what I hope the plan is, is... I really hope that he has that bond with the Spurs where he, no matter, no matter, you know, that he didn't take it personal. What happened last season, the fact that we didn't want to bring him back, he didn't take it personal. And then, you know what, best thing that could have happened for him, he went out and won a championship ring, but then, Hey, it's like the next year we're saying, Hey, we actually do want you back, Bryn. And Bryn's like, Oh, you do. Oh, well, let me talk to my agent, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's make it happen. And he wants to come back to San Antonio. When do you ever hear about that? When do you ever hear about a free agent going back to a former team? It doesn't happen that often. So what I hope that this means is that he's coming in to be a, another culture guy. And look, you guys probably are so annoyed with, with how much I talk about culture and fit. But what just happened? I, I'm, I'm trying to tell you guys that we value that more than anything else with our two draft picks. In the interview processes, they always talked about fit. They said, yeah, the workouts were great, but it was more about the fit and, and the personality and things like that. And Bryn Forbes is a guy that's ultra bought in to what the Spurs do, right? Because we we helped him get to where he is now. He got himself there. Bryn Forbes got himself there. Um, but we helped him get to where he is now. And the fact that he's coming back, to me... I hope it's a culture move. I hope it's a leadership thing. I hope it's like we give Bryn a lot of responsibility that was on Patty Mills. And I don't want him to have the Patty Mills role on the, you know, on the court because Patty Mills took a lot of shots, right? I don't want Bryn to come in and take that many shots. You know, I want him to be a complimentary piece to the young core that we're about to let off the leash, right? Um, so if he can do that, if he can come into the house and, and the expectations are low with Bryn um, in terms of on-court production. And it's more about locker room and fit and what he can communicate to our young players, how he can help guys like Joshua Primo go through, you know, the year in Austin, kind of being like a mentor for him in the future. Like, dude, then I love it. If that's what it's all about, then I love it. Especially because it means that Bryn is, is down for it. Bryn is down for that role. And it's a great role, man. So I don't know. I, that's what I hope it is. And I hope it's not that he starts for us next season. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So that's just being said. All right. So I'm sure that this rattled the cage on Spurs Twitter, right? A lot of this rattled the cage on Spurs Twitter. But let me tell you what, it's all part of the plan, man. If you go back to my other episode, the whole plan was surround the team that we have, these young players like Lonnie and Keldon. And all these young guys are still under contract. Surround them with the pieces that, you know, that strength that um, can strengthen their weaknesses, right? So, anyways, I think that's what we're doing, man. That's what we've done. We've added nothing but shooting so far, like and and length. Shooting and versatile wings. That's what we've added. So, so here, here's another point. Okay, let me see. Am I am I done with 
Okay, so then I think today there was one more player that got announced. I think his name is Chandler Hutchinson. Chandler Hutchinson. This guy played for the Bulls. He played for Washington this year. Actually, not a bad look. This guy, this guy can play. I don't know why he's I don't know if he has consistency issues or or what, because there's highlights out there of him balling out. And then he's kind of been on a few teams. So you think maybe why why you start asking why is he not fitting in any certain spot in the NBA because he's he's a prospect. This kid can actually play. He can shoot. He's athletic. He can dunk on fools. Like so Chandler Hutchinson, right? Out of nowhere, the Spurs were um, involved in that three-way trade um with Brooklyn, Washington, and the Spurs, right? So so Dinwiddie um went from Brooklyn to Washington. What we took this kid, this kid right or this cat right here from Washington San Antonio if he stays on the team I have no idea but he was on the roster as of like 20 minutes ago right so um what we do with him I don't know but I do like the fact that he is another long wing type player who can play the three the four um so those are our new guys that are on the squad guys let's let's just kind of regroup and recap first off we drafted two young snipers um Joshua Primo and Joe Wieskamp I'm going to do a full breakdown on their film. I already have it made and everything. We're going to go over their college tape, their combine tape. Um, and we're going to talk about what I think their role, what their future can be like in the NBA and for the Spurs. So first off, we drafted these two guys all about fit, right, man? These these two guys are are about it. There's something about these two dudes I like. Then we went out, signed uh, Doug, Dougie McBuckets, Zach Collins. Uh, we traded DeMar for Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu. Who's a king, by the way? If you didn't know, Alfaruku Minu is royalty. Like he's legit Nigerian, I believe, royalty, right? So, um, ain't nothing wrong with having like a real king, uh, heir, th- heir to the throne, dude, on your squad, right? So Alfaruku Minu, it's cool. It's cool, in my book, right? And then so we got these two guys back, and then we went out and picked up Australian big man Melbourne. This dude is just a versatile guys. Go look. I'm really interested to see what y'all think. I'll look in the chat here in a little while, but I actually think this guy can play. And I think he's going to battle for stretch four, stretch five minutes from guys like Zach Collins and, uh, and Al Farouk Aminu. Like, I think, I think he might jump these dudes in, on the depth chart, right? But I think for right now, since he doesn't have any NBA experience, I think he's kind of, you know, fourth down the line at the center position on the depth chart. So he's new to the club as well. And, and then we picked up, like I said, Sparty's back in the house, at least for now, as far as I'm concerned. And then we got Chandler Hutchinson from the Washington Wizards. All right, so those are all of our new cats, all right? So total new team. This is the relaunch button that we've all been wanting, that we've been waiting for, that we've all been kind of seeing for the past three years. We've been looking at the roster and seeing that the salaries open up this summer. It's like, what are we going to do? My whole thing was let's build around our draft players that we have right now and give them opportunity, you know, that they've been waiting for, for the past three years. It's like, and and to surround them with complimentary pieces. And we've gone out and done that. Right. So shout out to the San Antonio Spurs and the strategy department and whoever's involved with this like mindset. I'm all about it. This is how we're going to be successful in a small market here in San Antonio. All right, guys, we're going to take a real quick break. And then when we get back, let's talk about the starters and the, the depth chart a little bit. All right. So when we get right, Back. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. 
All right, Spurs Nation, there's about 88 of you guys in here. Thank you for hanging out. Please, if you want to support the show, you're doing it right now. You're just watching, you're hanging out, shining Go Spurs Go wherever you're at. I can hear it. I can hear it in, in the universe. All right, so smash that like button, hit the notification bell, comment, share this video. That goes a long way to helping me and helping Spurs Film Room as a channel. And if you want to help like support and grow this channel, like like Frenchie Betts, and then um, we, we have another Patreon member as well. Um out there so th- those of you guys that just decide to help support the show and want to see more of this channel go hit that link in the description below that patreon link it goes above and beyond i'll be getting back to you guys about all the future giveaways and stuff coming out in the future got a lot of stuff planned um for this season not just with my channel but um another channel out there which we're going to talk about um later on later on this month right so big news coming later on this month for spurs nation for spurs content on youtube um, appreciate you guys. All right. So thank you guys for watching out. I mean, for hanging out, go Spurs go. Let's get back to the show. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? <laughs> okay. So before we talk about starters and bench, I think we can only have 15 guys on our roster and currently as stand standing as is um, I'm not sure how this really is going to work out. Right. I know that Joe Weiss camp can end up being like a two, a second round. His contract won't really hurt that number. I'm not sure if Joshua Primo, if his name is going to have to be there or not, or the fact that we can, you know, send him down to Austin. I don't know. So we might have to lose two players from this list, either via trade. That's why a lot of people think that maybe Alfaruk Aminu or Thaddeus Young might be involved in a future trade. Or um, or another possibility is Keita Bates-Diop, who we haven't talked about here, who I'm sure a lot of Spurs Nation loves too. Like I, I love this guy. I think he performed extremely well for us last year in the minutes that he did play. He did everything I felt like we asked him to do. He was able to guard bigger dudes. He wasn't messing up. On the offensive end, you know, he would finish when he would go to the rim. He just played really, really great. And I feel like he's another guy who's bought into the Spurs way, right? So I like Keita Bates-Diop. Um, I'm not too sure, though, that his contract is fully guaranteed. I believe that they can take it off the books, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he ends up being cut or waived or, or something, right? So in order to make room for all these players that we have now. So, right, so let's count Let's count them now. One, two, three, four, five, ten. 15, 16, and then 17 with Joshua Primo and 18 with Joe Weisskamp, but we don't we don't have to count Joe Weisskamp. So let's say we're at 17 now, right? We have to make two more cuts, right? I know that we all love Drew Banks as well. Drew Banks, I've been on the Drew Banks train since day one, right? I've seen him play in Austin. I think he's a perfect spur, another spur uh, culture fit. Like he's he's grown up in this league with Keldon, a lot of these other guys, Lonnie, um, you know what I mean? So he's played a lot with a lot of our young guys. So I don't want to see him go, but if his contract isn't fully guaranteed, do we make this move? And I think if we're talking about winning games, guys, winning more games, I think we do have to maybe move Drew Eubanks contract off the books. Now that would move Zach Collins up the depth chart and jock up the depth chart as well and so let's count them this is 15 right here so let's say that joshua primo's contract doesn't affect doesn't count i don't 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 count i
All right, guys. So I guess we're having some audio difficulties. Let me, let me check this out really quick. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. Okay, so here we go. All right, guys. So basically, I, I don't know where the, where I left out on this guy. Sorry if was it the whole time. I don't know. Anyways, so um, I can't leave Drew out here, man. I love this this cat too much. I'm just gonna leave him here on my depth chart. Just I hope I hope there's a way we can kind of keep him on the roster. All right, so let's talk about our starting unit. I think we all know that Dejounte, uh, Derek White are locked in. I think Jakob as well is locked in right now at this point. Um, let me know in the chat who you would start. In the beginning of this season, um, let me know if it's the same as mine or not, and let me know why you would start that lineup. Um, or in the comments if you're watching this post live. So thank you guys for hanging out. There's about 60, 70 of you guys in here. Thank you. Smash that like button. Chant Ghostbers Go. Sorry about the technical difficulty a little while ago. Thank you for letting me know in the chat. All right, so I know we all want DeJounte and Derek in the game, but you know what? I'm going to mix this up because if you're asking me honestly – this is this is how I feel like the Spurs would be most successful. And that's putting Derek White at the point guard and putting DeJounte at the two guard. Straight up. I know Derek White is the better shooter. And you know what? That's why I want the ball in his hands more. I want the ball in Derek White's hands. Um, you know, the fact that he's the better three-point shooter to me doesn't mean that he has to be our starting two guard. And I love the way Derek White operates the pick and roll. I like his decision-making. I think it's like first-class decision-making that he hasn't had the opportunity to showcase yet. Derek White, you know, can really control the offense. He can control the pace. I think he makes everybody better with his, with his decision-making as well. Whereas I feel like DeJounte is more looking to attack, looking to get to his spots. I think last year he made a huge progression from the three-point line. So I think we just kind of asked DeJounte – to make you know continue doing that just get more efficient from the three-point line and then let him attack and go to the rim like he likes to do DeJounte loves to put his head down attack the rim or get to his mid-range shot um he was you know he should have been all NBA defense if you ask me you know DeJounte last year so um it doesn't really matter if, if you want to really really break it down how you classify these two guys right here I mean it's positionless basketball these these days right so the fact that they're just both elite defenders in my eyes is the reason why you start them, right? You, I've been saying this already for two, three years, but I think this is finally the, the time where it's going to happen, where these two guys become one of the better defensive um, backcourts in the NBA, right? So the opportunity is theirs this year. Um, check out the video I have on my channel where I talk, where I, where I also talk about why the Spurs are not going to trade any of these guys. Remember there was a lot of rumors out there about the Spurs being very interested in trading these two dudes. Unless unless there's still some Ben Simmons trade on the on the book, you know, still out there that I don't know about. Um I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening at all even even with Ben Simmons. So but when it comes to offensive execution and philosophy, I want the ball in Derek's hands. I want the ball in Derek's hands. So I'm going to put Derek at the point guard, DeJounte at the shooting guard. I feel like that's just a more fit uh, that's a better fit, right? So Keldon doing what he's doing. Shout out Keldon. Go Team USA. They got another couple hours, I believe, and then they tip off against Australia. Let's go, KJ. I'm making, you know, 
Spurs nation all over the world proud with his play um, in these Olympic games, right? So Keldon earned his spot last year, right? I don't see him giving it up. I don't see the Spurs giving it up either, especially, especially after making this Olympic run. Um, Keldon's going to be improving on his game. The experience from Olympic basketball is only going to take him further um, and, and faster, you know, with his confidence and what he can do in this league and he can play against the elites and do what he does. Like he's, this is a huge confidence thing for Keldon and it's a huge opportunity for the Spurs, right. To have a player like Keldon on this stage. Right. So, um, all right. So Keldon is going to be at the small forward. I think we all can agree last year. He played more at the power forward. There was a lot last year. Um, there was a lot of, for the past few years, you heard this a lot. We're asking guys to do more than they should, right? We asked Brent Forbes to do more than he should. We asked um, um, DeMar DeRozan to play make like overkill, right? Doing a little more than he should. Um, Keldon playing out of position. DeMar playing out of position, right? Stuff like that. Rudy Gay, we asked to do so much. Uh, Patty Mills, we asked to do too much, right? So, I feel like if we can go ahead and keep Keldon at in the starting lineup, but slide him up to the small forward position, that only makes us huge, man. Like, 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 pick, like. Okay, so we're only we're only three guys into our lineup, and we're talking about six five, six six, right? Six seven, six eight, right? Keldon can guard, you know, dude. That's that's a big lineup. We don't want to go small. Like, we want to go small, but with like large large guards and and wings, right? So. All right, so the power forward position is what really one of the big questions I think going into training camp um, in September's uh, training camp starts September 28th for the NBA. Um, is who is going to start at power forward? If I was a betting man, let me tell you what. If I was a betting man, let me zoom out here. I would go ahead and move Thad Young over here, and I would move Luca down the depth chart. Okay. That's if I was betting on what the Spurs were going to do because Pop does love his vet, his veteran play, right? So I think keeping Luca in the second unit, there's 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 pros to that too. You know, there's pros and cons to everything. But again, this is my my opinion over here, and I feel like this lineup, this lineup of these three dudes right here, still need someone to space the floor, and I think Luca has been. In the Austin um, development system last year, the opportunity that he got with the Spurs, I feel like he showcased the that he is ready to play, and I feel like it's up to him to knock knock it down, right? Because he's going to have to space the floor, um, especially if Jakob is going to stay at our center position, right? So at this point, I still like Luca at the starting power forward position, even though I'm pretty confident, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to happen. Um, Unless Luca makes it, you know, undeniable that he should be starting at the power forward, we really don't know, right? Now I have all the high hopes for Luca. If you guys subscribe to my channel, go scroll scroll through my channel. I got plenty of film breakdowns on Luca, and if you want to learn more about him and what his upside is and what his game's all about, go check out you know the other content on my channel. Um, but all right, and then I got Jakob still locking down the center position. Oh, I hope he gets better. I really don't know how to how to imagine that. I don't really don't know what he does to get better. Jakob um, defensively. I mean, yeah, I can see it defensively him being more of a, of a force, but offensively, I don't really know. I think he kind of is who he is. So if you're going to ask more 
offense and floor spacing, I think it's got to be Luca right here. Unless, let's go with Dougie McBuckets, baby. <laughs> you never know, you know. But there's a lot of lineup possibilities, guys. Like, you know, we want to go. Maybe if Zach, if Zach Collins comes in healthy, maybe he starts at power forward. You know, maybe those two guys start, so, and he goes down the depth chart, right? So, you know, there's plenty of ways that this can this can happen. But as of right now, if like training camp started tomorrow and these were our guys in the gym, I, I'd put these these guys as the first group. Right. All right. So let's talk about our bench now. The point guard position. Let's focus. Let's start there. Shout out to you guys hanging out. Appreciate you stopping by. Please smash that like button below. Chant Gospers go when you do. The point guard spot, you know. I feel like we might have brought in Bryn Forbes to be the backup point guard. I just don't see him coming in and taking minutes away from the wing players that we have um, and the potential that they're ready to fulfill. And that's guys like Lonnie Walker and Devin Vassell, right? I don't think I don't think we're bringing in Bryn Forbes to take opportunity away from those two guys. I just don't think that's what we're doing. So um, maybe Trey Jones, guys, asking Trey Jones to come in year two and be the the backup point guard, I think is asking a lot. But to him to ask him to come in and play five to ten minutes a game is perfect for Trey Jones. But I don't think maybe we can't really put that load on him just yet. So maybe that's what Bryn Forbes is here for, to be the backup point guard. I think we've all seen Bryn in that role before for us. Um, I don't mind it. If he's going to run the offense, um, get other guys involved, hit open shots with a bench unit, I feel like that's that's an opportunity for, for Bryn to, to thrive, right? Now, I know there's a lot of other opinions out there as well about possibly bringing Lonnie Walker up to be the backup point guard. And let me tell you what, I, I, I've been on that. I've been on that train too. I've been on that boat before. <laughs> I've been on that. I've been on that ride before where I'm like, man, Lonnie would be great with the ball in, in his hands and he can be a great playmaker and all that stuff. And last year didn't help his cause. Didn't help, you know, that notion. I don't think in my, in my eyes, you know, I saw a lot of indecisiveness out of Lonnie. I saw a lot of, um, you know, making wrong reads, even with his own scoring, right? Like, should I pull up from the three or should I attack the mid range? I feel like he was always, he was always making the wrong decision, you know, in, in, in some of those games, especially later down the stretch of the season. So that my confidence in Lonnie running the second unit and operating the offense and really letting him flourish with the ball in his hands, I feel like he can do it. I feel like we all want Lonnie to do it, but I would question the the reality of that being possible. I think I think Lonnie still needs to be coming um, in a shooting guard role here. And being a scorer, because that's Lonnie's best thing. We all know that he's a good playmaker. Yes, Lonnie is a good playmaker. He can pass the ball well, especially in transition. Um, you know, but can he run the offense, dude? You have to be. It's all about up here, bro. It's not always about what you can do to be to be, like on the court to be a backup point guard. Look at uh, Payne, right? Was it Cam Payne from Phoenix, like dude, or or TJ McConnell, right? Like like from from Indiana, like backup point guards in the league, Corey Joseph, right? We don't have to go that far. Um, it's more about, you know, being, being able to operate the unit and fix a lot of problems and stuff like that. Just being a smart player. So I think Bryn Forbes could come in and do that. Trey Jones. I, he surprised me. I talked a lot about Trey Jones in the off season. I just, I think he's a special player, man. I think the upside is, is huge for him. Um, he showed a lot of versatility in his rookie year. 
in the moments that he did get, right? So I'm excited to see actually what Trey Jones is because I don't even know. Trey Jones might be a bad man, right? He might be a 15-point bucket. You never you never know, you know what I mean? Or he might be a lockdown defender, and you, I don't know. We've only seen it in flashes, right? So I hope he gets opportunity, but as a sophomore, guys, like let's go back. Like let's look at our history, right, to try to predict the future, right? Do sophomores really get that much run? Do sophomores really get that much run? No, not really. Even Lonnie, even Lonnie. I mean, Keldon is the exception. Keldon is the exception. Derek, no, right? I mean, he started getting a little bit more run his sophomore year. Uh, DeJounte, a little bit more run his sophomore year. Um, Lonnie had to earn it. It took him about 20 games, 20, 25, 30 games his sophomore year to get the opportunity, right? Just to get the opportunity. Um, who else is in the sophomore year? Luca. Um, Devin Vassell might be the the other exception. Keldon is the exception, and I think Devin can be the exception. But if I was a betting man as well, like I said earlier, if I was a betting man, I would bet on Trey Jones not being ready in the Spurs coaching staff and development mindset of being the backup primary guard, right? So I think maybe that's why we brought Bryn in. I hope so. I hope it's not to to take anything out of, you know, uh, Bryn, guys, Bryn is not going to do nothing but help us, right? If we can just use him the right way. All right, so anyways, let's look at the shooting guard position. Again, I talked about DeJounte. I feel his best fit is with the ball in his hands, on the wing, catching, ripping to the basket, ripping to his mid-range spots, or getting to the rim. And let's just make it simple for, for DJ. You know, he doesn't have to run run the show. I think we're better with the ball in Derek's hands. And I think that DeJounte would be better, more lethal, as I should say, uh, on the wing. I think DJ was a great point guard in like the whole LaMarcus Aldridge era. Um, he knew how to find LaMarcus in his spots. Like he was, he was fine. But I just feel like for this new team this year, pressing that reset button, let's go ahead and put DJ at the two. And then primary backup, Lonnie Walker. Biggest, probably, you know, like name on the board where when it comes to uh, expectation and stakes, right? This is a high stakes season for Lonnie. He's in that contract extension talk year. He really needs to perform. And Lonnie Walker is another great upside type player. I think Lonnie's biggest um, improvement areas is just strength, IQ, and confidence. He can do it all on the floor. He can do. He has the athleticism to do it all. You know, on both sides. It's just putting it together. Um, and you know, this is going. I think this is his fourth year. It's Lonnie's fourth year now. So. You know, let's see, let's see how this goes. But when Brian Wright was talking about the the draft picks and was saying how a lot of our young guys have a lot of runway to go for them, I, I I think of guys like Lonnie. I'm like, Lonnie has a long runway. Like if we can be patient with Lonnie and let him grow, don't don't put that expectation too high on him in year three or year four, maybe year five. Like let's just let's keep him, let's resign him for another three or four years and let's let him get there by himself. Cause we all know the potential for Lonnie. I mean, we all Lonnie has that alpha dog mentality that all that alpha dog to his play where he's just going to take over a game. We've seen it in flashes, but it's up to Lonnie to give it to us every single night and prove that, you know, he is that guy, right. That we all hope he is. So Lonnie Walker, I feel like without DeMar DeRozan in the, in the house, needs to be put in a role to be successful. And and I hope the coaches do that. I hope I hope they find a role for Lonnie to be successful. I don't think that's as a starter. I don't think um you know, I don't think that's him at the backup point guard either, but I do like the ball in his hands. Like I I'm not denying that. 
Lonnie Walker can pass the ball. He can play make and all that stuff. But also, he's he's probably like our third best scorer on the team if he can put it together. So we need to get him looks and in his spots. We need to find him in transition. He needs to be pulling uh, more often than not, right? So um, shout out to you guys hanging out. Please smash that like button. Chant Ghostbirds go when you do. Behind Lonnie, this is kind of like a, a, a pickle for me too, is where to put Devin Vassell. I think in the game tonight, in that summer league game, he started at the at the three, right? So he was playing small forward here tonight, right? But um, with the depth that we have and the length that we have with wing players, I feel like there might be opportunity for Devin at the shooting guard, right? Now, yes, that would put him further down the line, but let me tell you what. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with having these two guys battle it out for minutes and be pushing each other um, in practice, in training camp, even during the season, pushing each other like like to go further, to go harder, to get better, and to compete for minutes. You know what I mean? Because they'll both be coming off the bench, and I feel like that's that's what should happen. But Devin can easily in my eyes, past Lonnie because he's so ahead of his time defensively, right? He has that veteran IQ when it comes to help defense rotations and things like that. He's just always on point. Great instincts defensively. Lonnie kind of lacks in that area. Um, Devin is also shown to be a great uh, shot creator for himself. So if you're asking me, I slide shot creators at my two guard. I'd rather have my two guard being a a shot creator versus my small forward if I, if I have the ability to do that, and I think the Spurs do, right? Because of the depth that we have now, the depth that we have, right? So Lonnie Walker and Devin Vassell battling it out. I think the sky, the, the, the sky is the limit for Devin Vassell, man. I mean, I've said it before. I think he can, he can even be our best player in about four years. Any of these guys can, right? But I feel like it's up to them to finally now prove it. They're going to get opportunity this year, so they should prove it. All right, so Keldon's going to be at the um, small forward position. Backing him up, guys, is someone who I was so excited that we got in during this free agency. Doug McDermott, dude, Doug McBuckets. It's just the floor spacing, man. We need a guy out there who's not Patty Mills or Brent Forbes, right? Being meaning like a small guy, a smaller player, uh, to be our, our lockdown shooter. We need to keep our lockdown shooter on the floor, right? So I think Doug McDermott's gonna be able to just spice that up, dude, and just bring a whole different complexion to what let me tell you what guys like doug mcdermott are going to be able to enhance what all these other guys can do like Derek, Dejounte, lonnie devin keldon um so he's going to be a high usage guy or a high minute guy i should say not a high usage but a high minute guy i think we're going to see doug mcdermott on the floor a lot and then behind him is this guy i had i didn't had no idea who he was until today but we acquired um Chandler Hutchinson, right, from Washington. And from what I've seen, he's kind of at that small small forward spot. So let me tell you what, though. I know earlier I had to take Keita Bates-Diop off the board. If it was up to me and I and I had to pick between Keita Bates-Diop or Chandler Hutchinson, I'm going to go with the guy who's already part of our, of our um, system. And I would put Keita Bates-Diop in there. But, I mean, again, he's, he's more of a – power forward Keita is right. I don't think he can guard like that on the perimeter. So uh, I don't know. 
some tough decisions up there for the organization if we're going to have to be cutting guys and moving guys around. So that's our small forward depth at this point. Um, Keldon, Doug, McBuckets, and Chandler Hutchinson. Now at the power forward spot, this is where it gets interesting to me. And like I said, this is one of the biggest questions going into training camp, you know, seeing who's going to be earning this spot and who is going to be earning this minutes. And I, you know, is it going to be any of these three guys or the Spurs going to go double big with one of these, you know, um, stretch bigs that they have that, that we acquired this season is Zach Collins and Jock Landel, right? So both of these guys can stretch the floor. So don't roll out any of these two guys jumping up and starting, but Thaddeus Young, I talked about it earlier. Uh, he's a veteran who can still ball, man. And he was averaging, I think, about two steals or almost two steals a game last season. So he's still defending at a high level. So just having these two guys, these these are your two oldest guys on the on the court. And they'll have to guard the Jason Tatums, the, the Chris Middletons, the Kevin Durant's, the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul George's, right, of, of the world, of the NBA, right? Um, most teams have that guy, Michael Carter um, Jr. from, is it Michael Carter Jr.? No, wait, no. Uh, the one from Denver. You know what I'm talking about. The guy from Denver. Anyways, these long athletic scoring guards, we need guys to guard them. I think that's one of the big holes, too, if we're talking about addressing needs this um, this going into next season is we need guys that can guard bigger guys. We were asking Keldon to guard big dudes and DeMar DeRozan to guard bigger guys. But, bro, I mean, if we have Luca here like at 6'10", and we have like six, uh, six eights, you know, six, six nine guys right here, that's a whole lot of depth that can really make us successful, right? So I'm excited to have these guys in the house. Now, at the center position, stretch big and Zach Collins, stretch big and, and Jock Landel. I hope I'm saying that right. Am I saying that right, guys? Let me see. Australian big. Now, if Drew Ebanks makes the roster after all this acquisition of of uh, all this player acquisition, I hope he really does. I hope he does. I hope he does. But that's our big men depth right there. So that's the that's the roster right now, guys. I mean, that's that's the outlook of what team of what the team can look like. Now, again, uh, position wise, a lot of these guys can move around. Can Doug McDermott play the two? Probably. Um, you know. I don't know, you know, like you, you can just play, you can move a lot of these guys around, especially if we're going small ball, like we're, we're, we're just ready, man. We're ready. We, we brought in guys that filled out the errors and the weaknesses that we had on this roster. So that tells me one thing, Spurs Nation. Now, let me know if you agree with me or not on this. That tells me one thing that the Spurs are not going to tank. I kind of said this earlier in the show. What I feel like what we're doing now is trying to get our team better to compete we don't need a tank this season. We don't need a tank. Let's let's see who the best. Let's see. Let's give the opportunity to the young guys. Let's see how that goes. Right? We comp, we complemented them this year with players that can stretch the floor, um, guard the perimeter better. Right? So we filled a lot of void this offseason in free agency, and then with the draft, right? We went upside because I think that Joshua Primo. Man, Joshua Primo, I mean, guys, I'm going to do a full video breakdown on our two draft picks from this year, right? Um, but Joshua Primo has upside to be an elite guard 
think like CJ McCollum or like God, I, I I don't I don't even know, man. I mean, he has he has three level scoring capability. He has confidence, and I feel like the Spurs are going to groom him over the next year to have the ball in his hands, to have the ball in his hands a lot. So Joshua Primo has a lot of upside. I like the pick. It was a shocker to me, just like everyone else, right? It shocked the world. I was I was hoping for Keon Johnson, um, Moses Moody, um, but after just like just like most of you guys, I'm sure once once the pick came in, uh, you started doing your research on the kid and you started listening to him and and understanding what the mindset was for the Spurs in the draft. It makes total sense, man. To me, it makes total sense. Like if Joshua Primo takes three years to get where he needs to be, he's still only like 21, 22. He's younger than DeJounte and Derek are right now. And it takes two or three years to get him. And he is kind of like what the modern NBA is going to be, right? You need that two. He can be a, a two guard or a point guard in the future for the Spurs that, that is a score first point guard. Think like, I don't know, Trey Young or something like that. Some dude that's always looking to get his shot off. I don't know, man. There's so many different ways Joshua Primo's development can go. Um, but what I think the Spurs are doing is trying to get him ready to be a ball dominant scorer uh, at the guard position. And that might be his, this might be his spot in a, in about two years, you know. So I can totally see Joshua Primo. Um, taking this spot away here, pushing Trey Jones down here too. That that wouldn't be a surprise either in about two, three years, right? So, but for now, he's probably going to be Austin bound. Um, I think that's a good look. Like I said before, I didn't think Keldon needed it. I think Luca needed it, but I felt Luca could learn quickly. Um, you know, so I don't know. I think these two guys are going to need the Austin development system. And I think it's going to do nothing but, uh, but good things for them. Spurs know what they're, what they're doing. They know what's going on. All right, guys. So, man, what a great stream tonight hanging out with y'all. I am going to try to do this full breakdown. I have it ready. If I can squeeze it in tomorrow, I, I can't promise you anything right now, but if I can squeeze it in tomorrow, I will do that. Um, if you want to support this show, um, please check out the link in the description uh, to the Patreon. Also, um, if you guys listen to podcasts, go uh, listen to the listen to the Spotify or Apple version of this podcast. That really goes a long way to help out this channel as well. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Spurs film room. And you know, if you want to support the show, you guys are doing it right now. Um, Got to love Spurs nation out there, man. You're watching this channel. Appreciate you guys subscribe to this channel, hit that like button, hit the notification bell, uh, leave a comment, share this video that goes above and beyond guys. So thank you guys so much. It's been a lot of fun. I know I kind of missed you guys a lot. A lot has happened since um, the last time we hung out, right? So the draft happened and now summer league is starting in Utah. Free agency happened. It all went down. Um, but being a Monday, Wednesday show, right? I mean, those are pretty much my two days, which I operate this channel, right? Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, in the future, Mondays, I'm trying, I'm going to try to focus that more film room breakdowns, especially when the season starts and stuff like that to do more film room clip breakdowns with you guys and keeping Wednesday more like, um, a discussion and, and stuff like that, you know, with other Spurs content creators out there, um, try to bring guests on my show, right. To talk Spurs basketball with you guys, introduce you guys to a lot of cool people that maybe you didn't know, right. That have YouTube channels or podcasts out there. Right. So that's what we do more on Wednesday. So, um, so, so, so in other words, sometimes it happens where things are going to happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and I'm not going to be able to talk about it until, you know, the next time I do a show either on, on Mondays or Wednesdays. Right. Um, so thank you. But if, 
the plan is is for that to change. I want to keep adding more days, but in order to do that, need um to just keep growing. And you know, everything's going great right now. I can't complain. You know, shout out to the Patreon members and shout out to um to everyone that's been subscribing on on YouTube. I think we picked up like 200 new subscribers last month, right? So um, a lot of exciting things happening, right? Um, over here, it's growing. I'm letting it take its time. Um, just, let, I mean, you guys know, right? I talk about it all the time. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach here in Texas, right? So the new school year is starting up, right? So I'm going to have to be throwing in, you know, that back into the mix, uh, starting up school, like, you know, hundred percent with kids again, right? So, you know, it's been a while since that's been the deal, but, um, you know, you know, with the newborn too, I have a newborn going on. So in other words, if I have to miss a show, guys, I really do apologize, but it's it's either one of the things, either something's going on with my family, with the newborn or getting ready for work. We go back to work here in a few weeks or in actually a few days now, about four or five days now we're going back to work. So the school year is going to start and, and all that stuff, but I am not going to lag on this channel. The support that you guys have shown me over the past summer, over this summer is giving me all the confidence in the world that Spurs Nation appreciates what I do, and I appreciate you guys. I read every comment. I appreciate every single like that you guys put. I go and I look through the likes, and I just, I'm just, bla- I'm just blown away. Sometimes there's 30, 40, 50 likes, and just like, man, that's awesome. That's Spurs Nation right there. Um, and the Patreon, you know, I know that's asking you guys to contribute and support the show financially. And if you're able to do that, you know, I really appreciate you even just taking the time to check it out and and look right. Um, but if you can't. You know, if you can't, if you're not in the position to become a Patreon member, I appreciate you hitting that like button. I appreciate you following me on iTunes or Spotify and all that stuff, right? So this is a great episode. I, I love that we're here at the kind of at the end and we're and we're starting to see the shape of our of our roster take form um, because we got about a, a little over a month until training camp starts, right? September 28th. So in our minds, we can start thinking about lineups and possibility and all that stuff. I don't think we're gonna tank guys i think we're setting ourselves up to be competitive and i think i mean if, i don't know if you guys would agree i know we lost demar Derozan. we lost demar Derozan, but i would say we've gotten better like this roster has gotten five times better than it was before in my eyes so in in my eyes i think we're still fighting for playoff contention eight nine playing range hopefully we can get even Hopefully we can shock some people and actually win a lot of games this year and and don't have to mess around with the plane. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. Yes, and a lot of these, that that means that a lot of these guys would have to make names for themselves. Like Derek Dejounte would have to get a little bit more recognition, right? Stuff like that. So, um, thank you guys for hanging out uh, again. That was my whole rant about you know my channel, but honestly, it's just I appreciate you, the YouTube community guys. I thank you guys so much. Um, you guys have shown nothing but love towards my channel, and I appreciate it. Even if you disagree with me or you think that Doug McDermott's going to be trash and you think that, I don't know, like who is this jock guy and the Spurs, uh, and you're mad that they didn't get John Collins, whatever. That's fine. Hey, man, it's all subjective, right? It's to each their own, right? But I appreciate you coming on here and listening to my take about it all. Um, and hopefully I can either entertain you or educate you a little bit on my vision of Spurs basketball, and, and that's that's what I'm here to do, right? So – um, go Spurs go. I appreciate you guys hanging out. I'll catch you guys soon. Be, you know, hit that notification bell. Cause I'm going to try to get this film room done as soon as possible because they're already playing in the summer league. I'm almost, I'm almost think, telling myself, don't, you don't need to do it anymore. Cause it's like old news, but I think having that piece on here that gives a little bit of insight to our two new draft picks, I think it's still okay. Right. So I think I'll still do it. I'm just gonna have to try to squeeze it in here on a, on a random day over the next few days. Right. Cause 
again, like I said, I got a lot going on, oh, the newborn and then, you know, figuring out daycare and all that stuff. So anyways, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff you don't need to know about, but anyways, um, go Spurs go smash that like, button. that like button, say that one more time. Um, appreciate you hanging out. Go Spurs go. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Adios, Spurs Nation. Hope you had a wonderful day. Hope you have a wonderful night. Go Team USA. They're going to get going in about an hour. Go Spurs, go Kate, go KJ. Um, I'll see you guys on the next one. Adios. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. Whoa, we're still alive because I just saw one thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this one go by. My main man Sean Kelly. Where are you? Where are you, Sean? I'm still live. This is like a post-credit scene. If you guys watch Marvel movies, it's like you waited to after the credits. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find you, Sean. I'm gonna find you, Sean. Sean dropped it. Sean dropped a tip in here. Uh, can't find it. I want to put it up on the screen, but thank you, Sean Kelly, for dropping that tip. 199, man. I really appreciate that, man. It goes a long way. So shout out to you, Sean. And shout out to the Patreon members again one last time. So adios, Spurs Nation. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this.